Jacob is here visiting. Jake, you want to come up and we want to pray for you. It's always important to pray for our missionaries when they are around. Even more when they're not. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Did you want to share anything? or? Um, just have one scripture that I'd like to Great. Yeah, from here, grab. Oh, cool. It's just behind that tree there. It's a deer butt. A deer butt. Oh, cool. Watch. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Nate, where are you? Nate, did you fix your, your rifle yet? There's a deer right there. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Great. Well, it's nice to be with you all again this morning. Good to see your smiling faces. Um, things are going really well. I uh, just wanted to say thanks again for all of your... Remind us where you are for those who might oh, not... Oh, yeah, sorry aware. about that. Um, so right now I am uh, currently living in Bemidji, and uh, I'm a family um, advocate for the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. So I work for the tribe and the reservation and um, do a lot of stuff working with families, which has been a blessing. I'm really blessed to be a part of it. Um, so that's where the Lord has called me for this season of time. And, and we'll see what happens in the coming seasons. But um, right now, I just feel extremely blessed where I'm at. And I really feel like the Lord has been uh, very faithful in just bringing forth their certain things and partnering me with other people and um, some really cool things are happening up on the reservation. We actually, just a few weeks ago, uh, opened our first house of prayer. Um, awesome. It's going to be 24-7. Um, so wow. feel free to come on up and worship with us sometime. We'd love to have you guys up there and, and be a part of that. Um, we've also applied for a grant for a building um, for the youth um, of Cass Lake, which is the main city in which the reservation is in. Um, and it's, it's a sizable grant. I think it's up to $100,000. Um, so we really hope to, to get a hold of that and be able to have a place for the youth to come in um, and just be able to just kind of be themselves and, and really a safe place, um, which really isn't around Cass Lake right now. They have the Boys and Girls Club, um, but that's kind of under work right now and things are getting sorted out with that. So a prayer request for that is to pray if that's what the Lord wants us to do. Um, that that grant will be available as well. So um, I just, I, I got one scripture um, uh, just during worship, um, and it's uh, out of John 15, and it's verses 5 through 8. So if you have that, feel free to, to read along. Um, just states, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he that is he he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if anyone does not abide from me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and are thrown into the fire and are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. Um, and I just felt like the Lord was encouraging. Um, us this morning from this verse. I just, <clears throat> I saw a picture of some businesses um, and I feel, uh, and just other people who were just spending some time before the Lord and you felt like he had called you to go in a certain direction, um, but you weren't quite sure um, what that looked like for the, the next seasons of time. And I just kept, my friend wrote this song. It was actually really cool. It just was, t it's about this scripture verse actually. And it just, the main chorus is just remain in me. Um, and I felt like the Lord, it was almost like, you know, 
singing that over us this morning to just continuously remain in him. And I, I saw these different businesses and, and these different people going out and um, I just saw it's like they were carrying baskets of fruit. It was like you had a basket of fruit outside your business or I saw people just carrying like literally baskets of fruit and passing it out. Um, and I just really believe that whatever the Lord is calling you into this season, um, to just continue to remain in him and abide in him and you'll see the fruit of your business and the, the fruit of your ministry or, or it will bear fruit because of your willingness to abide in the Lord. Um, I just felt like he was encouraging us with that this morning um, to just continue to remain in him. And just a quick example, how I can attest to that, especially, you know, um, believing like where this is God has called me. It's it's easy to think, you know, after a while that, oh, like, you know, you can take care of things by yourself, you know, when the Lord sends you out. Or sometimes it's easy to just kind of have this relaxed, like, oh, well, you know, I can do this, you know, I'll be able to take care of this, whether it's financially or, you know, spiritually, you know, kind of if you feel like you've gotten off track or anything like that, or, or it's kind of a dry season. But I, I just, for me in particular as well, the Lord's just really been, you know, encouraging me to just, it's it's all about, submission unto him you know and submitting your, our thoughts and our actions unto him but also the reality of he's not here to just watch us flounder you know and flail you know like we can't do anything by ourselves it's 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 like a trusting process of abiding in him and remaining in him and i, I really just believe in the, the last few weeks and the people i've been working with they they've you know borne the, the the fruit of that because they've said okay god like we don't know what this looks like, and we know we can't do it by ourselves. So we're just going to remain in you and, and believe that this is where you're guiding us in this season. Um, so, yeah, just really I felt like the Lord wanted us to, to, to encourage us, you know, not to discourage, but to encourage, you know, because I really believe it's almost like a process of us, him saying to us, you can do this, you know, and it's walking together in that partnership and in that trust with him as well. So, um yeah, remain in me. That That's kind of the oh, emphasis. Of Amen. Um, let's pray for Jacob mm-hmm. um, before he gets that. If anybody wants to come up and lay hands on him, please do. Go for it, Chris. Do you have something you want to pray? Oh, yeah, Father, we just uh, are so blessed. Uh, you know, uh, how could it be that you've given so much uh, wisdom and grace to such a wonderful young man? Um, so many times he's spoken into my life I pray uh, prophetically and pray even last night and uh, Lord thank you for that wisdom that you just gave him and for us to abide in it to remain in it pray that it would go deep into our soul and that he as he goes forth and and it's a mournful ministry of life that you have for him he would continue to remember that Um, on the days when he doesn't feel like it's well with his soul on the days where he may not feel that he would continue to believe deep in his heart mm-hmm. that everybody he touched has been like in, impacted e- everybody around him will will continue to see you Jesus mm-hmm. bless him his health everything and the areas of your life that he's touching in the name of Jesus yeah. Thank you for Jacob. Yeah, thank you, Laura. Love you, bro. Thanks for coming. Fun to see you as always. Um, Tim, could you grab an email sign up just in case? A couple real quick announcements. I saw on Facebook that a certain person made Eagle Scout. Barnabas Preble. Yeah. 
for those who don't know, Eagle Scout is like a massive achievement. And it takes years and years and tons of dedication. Barnabas. I'm not. I always sort of envied people who were doing scout stuff. But this, okay, so here's our email sign-up sheet. I'm going to pass this around. If you're not currently getting our weekly emails, but you would like to, please put your email on there. Or if your email address has changed, if your old one's full of junk so you never check it or whatever, go ahead and put your email address down there. And just a couple quick announcements. Huge thanks to everybody who helped rake last week. Um, we've been doing this for five or six years. I couldn't remember. Um, I actually looked, tried to look to find the email that I sent to Paul that said, we should rake the neighbor's yard. But I couldn't find it. Um, maybe five years ago. And yeah, it was when we were still in Japan. I'm like, I would get word sometimes <laughs> for Lydia House. And I would just email him from Japan. And um, that's OK. Jacob gets word from up north. and. God speaks all the time. Um, so Paul said that this time was one of the most powerful and important times because he, it just opened doors for neighbors, neighbors that he's never talked to, neighbors that he has, and it was like, eh, you guys have a lot of cars and parked in your yard, or, you know, across my, my driveway all the time and things like that, um, and one that he had never met before. And he said that the relationships that he was able to have just in the last few days, like over, over a week's period, um, have been more than in the past. And you know, sometimes it takes time. Um, we've been studying Luke 10, and in that passage it makes it seem like people will instantly open up to you and you'll instantly have opportunities and stuff like that. And sometimes that happens, but usually it takes time and it takes an investment to prove to people that you actually do care and that you actually do want to help them and make a difference in their lives. And so praise God, that's starting to happen. And so we're starting to brainstorm maybe some ideas about how to go to the next level in terms of witnessing to the neighborhood here in this area. And so if you have some ideas on witnessing, how to do more maybe service projects, or maybe go door to door and ask for prayer requests or whatever it is, if you have ideas, talk to Paul or talk to me because um, he's getting super excited. Uh, he's in Detroit. We already prayed for him, but you can continue to pray for him throughout the day. I think he's coming home tonight. Um, it sounds like it's been a great experience, so praise God. And thank you. He wants to always let you guys know that he's thankful that you're the kind of giving church that's willing to give up a pastor or two <laughs> every once in a while um, to other people who need it. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, let's open up the word of God, please. Um, anywhere you want. No. John. <laughs> John chapter. No, sorry. Just kidding. Not John. Luke. We'll get back to John 15. That was a good word, by the way. Let's do Luke 17. We're going to start with verse 11. Luke 17, 11. First, I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, about two weeks ago or so, um, having a discussion with the kids about politeness, which parents code for they're not saying please or thank you. Um, so I'm having a discussion with Bella, the youngest, and I invite Andrew and Kaylee to join in to help explain to her why please and thank you is important. So they're talking, and I was pretty proud of them. They did a good job. Um, hopefully it was a reminder to them to also say please and thank you. Um, and then at the end, Andrew said, oh, and you should say more thank yous than pleases. And it was one of those moments where, like, it just hits you, like what somebody says. Sometimes... The Holy Spirit that is inside you witnesses to something that you hear from someone else or that you see, and you, you feel the Holy Spirit going like, yes, even though your mind doesn't know what it's talking about. Like, it was something I had never thought of in my mind, but I could feel the Holy Spirit being like, that was good. Maybe even I gave that to him. I don't know. Andrew's only nine. He does, he does say some pretty profound things, but he said, you should say more thank yous than pleases. Just like in your life, in general. And I was like, where did you hear that? And he's like, I don't know, I just made it up. Um, and maybe he did, or maybe he heard it somewhere and forgot, I don't know. But I couldn't get it out of my head, like for days. You should say more thank yous than pleases. And I was asking myself, do I say thank you more often than I say please? In other words, do I thank God, other people, for things more often than I ask for things? 
And I started thinking about my prayer life, and I, I was in a time of just, you know, reflection before the Lord, and I just laid that out there and said, God, what do I, do I ask you for more things than I thank you for? And, and I felt like God's like, you, you def, there's more pleases than thank yous for you. And I was like, I feel like there should be more thank yous than pleases. And by the way, I'm not saying don't ask God for things. Not at all. I'm not saying don't ask. I'm not saying to ask God for things less often or anything like that. The Bible is very clear we should ask God for things. Totally. All the time. In fact, we should pester him about them until he does what he says in the word that he's going to do. And so we should ask for things. We should say a lot of pleases. No problem. That's great. Don't do that any less. But I was feeling like we should be more thankful than we are. And I've always considered myself a pretty thankful person. And we're going to read a passage um, in a minute that I've always clung to um, in terms of thankfulness. But I felt like God was saying, all right, you need to get a little deeper into this. It's time to be challenged by a nine-year-old uh, to double down on thankfulness in your life and to come to a place where in my prayer life I can say more thank yous than pleases to God. And I realized that I, that I wasn't doing that, and so I asked God to help me. And for the last week, I've been doing that, and it's actually been going pretty well. I have to remember to do it. Um, I have to remember to say thank you. It, but I don't know why, and we're going to see this in Luke. It's sometimes hard to remember to say thank you after you've asked God for something. Or maybe you say it once, you know, instead of all the time. Because, like, we got a house. We just bought our house, moved in in May. And I'm still thankful for the house. So I still say thank you all the time, and I hope I do in 20 years. Still say thank you for that house, because I am still thankful. And one thank you wouldn't cut it for that. And I, I'm asking God, help me to be more thankful. Help me to see all the things that I should be thankful for. Help me to express that. And help me to say thank you in prayer more than I do. And I would like to get to the place where I'm saying thank you more than I'm saying please. Not that I'm asking for any less but that I'm more thankful. Um, and I hope we can get there. Uh, I've, the results so far, I just started this, like I said, but so far has been pretty good. My mood has been a little better overall, I've found, when I'm saying thank you more throughout the day. Um, it just, it elevates you. And there's, we could look up tons and tons of verses. There's a lot of stuff in the Psalms about how thanksgiving elevates you. Giving thanks was meant to be done before you started to worship, before you started to pray in the Old Testament. You were meant to be thankful. You entered the gates of the temple with thanksgiving on your heart and on your lips as well. And so this is a lifestyle for us. It's meant to be a lifestyle that we try to do all the time. And I think most of us here are very thankful people. Um, but I think God would challenge us this morning since we have a holiday coming up. It's not Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving Day. And it's a good time to remind us to try to go a little deeper, maybe challenge ourselves to get a little more thankful than we've been. Let's look at Luke 11. Sorry, Luke 17, verse 11. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Luke 17, verse 11. Um, on the way to Jerusalem, he, this is Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Everybody know what leprosy is? Bad disease, right? It kills the nerve endings in your flesh um, such that you don't know when you injure yourself, um, for one thing. And so they used to think body parts would fall off on people with leprosy. But what was happening, this is gross, is that like rats would come and eat off the end of their fingers or toes in the middle of the night. Um, and they didn't know because they couldn't feel anything. And they'd wake up and be like, ah, oh, my finger fell off. And that was like a thing about leprosy that they didn't understand at the time. It was gross. Super contagious. Super, super contagious. Now imagine like a whole city getting leprosy. This is bad, right? Bad, bad. And um, so the elders, the leaders of Israel, made a law saying that if you have leprosy, you have to leave the town. You are, you are, you're gone. You're out. You cannot enter the city. And so people who had leprosy would stay outside the city gates and beg because um, they, they couldn't work because they're outside the city, right? So they would be out there and they would beg um, for money in order to live. So they couldn't be with their families. They couldn't ever see their wives and kids. Sometimes there was a tradition where a couple times a year they'd like bring the family to just inside the gate so that you could like peek and sort of see them and wave at them. But that was the best you could do. 
and people would have leprosy for years. Once in a while, someone would spontaneously remit and get better, but it wasn't all that often. So this was, in some ways, a death sentence. It was definitely a social and emotional death sentence. Can you imagine? You can't ever see your family again. Go live in the garbage pile outside town. Leprosy is bad, okay? physically bad and socially bad, everywhere bad. And so this was not unusual for Jesus to come across 10 lepers outside the city um, who stood at a distance because they weren't allowed to get within, I forget what the rule was um, in Israel, but a certain distance from another person. They could not go legally or they'd be executed. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, which is the word Lord, same word in Greek, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. So this is kind of interesting. Jesus doesn't say, you're healed. He doesn't say, what do you want me to do for you? He doesn't say, would you like to be healed? Those are all things that he sometimes responds to people with, right? But here he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Anybody know why they would do that? Anybody heard this before? Or? Right. To, in order to, to get back into the society, in order to be for the leprosy tag to be taken off, and in some places you literally had to wear something around your neck that said you were a leper, in order to remove that stain from you, you had to go to the priests, or actually have a priest come out and look at you. Um, and then if the priest looked you over and didn't see any signs of leprosy, then you were pronounced clean, and you could go back home to your family. Um, but a priest had to do that. That was one of the roles of the priesthood. And so Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Um, but they're not healed yet. Right? They're lepers. Lord, heal us. And he says, go show yourselves to the priests. And so they go. But what are they thinking? Right? They got to be thinking, he's lost it. Like, or it didn't work this time. I'm on my way to the priest, but I've still got leprosy. I can tell. There's big, nasty white spots all over me and stuff like that. Um, but as they went, it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. So they obeyed what Jesus said before they saw the result. Everybody see that? Jesus said, you want to be healed? Okay, go show yourselves to the priests, which means to prove your healing. And they're like, what? But they went. They obeyed in faith. That's what faith is. Faith is obedience plus action. That's the definition of faith. Obeying what God said or believing what he said and then acting on it, stepping it out, walking it out. And so Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. And they did. They actually went. And so they're exercising faith right now by doing what Jesus told them to do. And as they went, they were cleansed. So as they walked out their healing, as they obeyed what God told them to do, they were cleansed. Has anybody here ever experienced something where God told them to do something, and as they obeyed, their prayers got answered? Anybody experience that here? Because sometimes, most of the time, I would say we prefer God to answer our prayer right away. But sometimes he says, keep praying, or do this, or keep doing that. Yeah? Cool. So it was kind of hard at the time. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. That's a great example. And it is hard. It's hard to obey, especially when you know what it is God wants you to do. You know, you could have convinced yourself that you would be justified in trying to fight that. Because this is what God says, you know. Um, but you did the right thing by submitting to authority and obeying the Lord who said, just hang on. Don't worry about it. It's in my timing. And then God brought you through. That's awesome. And maybe it wouldn't have been all that it could have been had they said yes the first time. You never know. But by you walking out that extra three months of faith, 
that may have opened up doors for more things to actually happen because that's the way God works. And I doubt that the lepers had that much faith when they first asked Jesus. They had some. They asked him for healing. They called him Master or Lord. Maybe they needed a little more faith. And so Jesus said, go to test them a bit. And then they went. And as they went, they were healed, which I think is really cool. Um, anybody else have anything on that? Mm. Yep. Sounds like Abraham. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's a big step. Jacob. is awesome. Yeah, and it's tough to be obedient in that circumstance because you need more money. And God says, give some money away. And you think, that's the opposite of what I need. But if you obey, God comes through. And I've heard literally hundreds of stories like that about money in particular. God uses money all the time to teach us things and to train us things in terms of faith and obedience especially. And we'll probably talk about money, I don't know, sometime in the new year. Um, because it is one of the main things that God uses to help to teach us lessons. Because we need money to live. You got to buy food. You got to pay for heat. There's a lot of needs that, that we have related to money. And so it's easy to worry about money and it's easy to be concerned about that kind of stuff. And so God often uses that to test us. And I've had that exact same experience um, praying for on our way from like college to graduate school and needing money and a whole bunch of stuff. And God was like, I need you to give a bunch of money to this ministry thing. And I was like, okay. I mean, <laughs> we have so little that giving away the rest of what we had, did it really make a difference anyway? You know, I'm we like, gonna yeah, we, were, <laughs> we already weren't going to eat. And so why not just go all the way? And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm doing this in faith that you're going to come through. Um, and, and it was just that lap, at, in this particular case, that was the final test. You know, that was the final test. And then um, somebody gave us a car right after that, and we got an apartment for, what did we pay for? Yeah, $25 a month at first, something insane. And we got accepted on Minnesota Care for healthcare at like $30 a month or something ridiculous, 36, I think it was, something ridiculous, right, to cover healthcare, and, and like all these things just came through, boom, 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 one after another, and I ended up making it through seminary without incurring any more debt, um, which is one of the prayers that I, that I prayed to the Lord, and so God loves to do that kind of stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it wasn't that one day you woke up and Minnesota Care was a working job. Right. People um, didn't line up to hand us money. And, <laughs> and um, that is such a word for me in my life. It's something I'm experiencing as well as some others that I'm praying for. That um, God can answer right now and one of two ways. I'm going 
Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's just human nature. Yeah. It doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you a person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. That's amazing. Exactly. And think about how much better that testimony is. That then there's nothing wrong with my dad worked at Northwestern until I got a free ride. Praise God, that's awesome. But that testimony is stronger. Yeah. Mm. It can be. That can be the opposite of faith sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm sure these lepers went hoping they would maybe get healed at some point, but that might not have been the plan. The might, plan might have been to go show the priests so the priests could confirm they were lepers so that Jesus could then heal them immediately after that, proving what a miracle it was. I mean, who knows what the plan might have been. Um, but they went. They had faith, not knowing what was going to happen. And on the way, I, I, I would love to see the, the, like, the real-time Blu-ray of this when we get to heaven to watch what happened. Like the first guy that noticed, you know, hey, your face, your face looks fine. What happened? And they, they start looking at each other and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. They freak out because they got healed. And this means their whole life has changed. They're, I mean, we can't even imagine what that was like. And, Yeah, I don't know. Or, or say, unclean, unclean, and then, just kidding, clean. <laughs> On my way to cleanliness in faith, probably not. I doubt it. That's what we would say, hopefully, though. I am getting healed, shouting that through the streets. People would look at you weird, but that's okay. So, okay, so let's get back to this. Um, go show yourself to the priest, and they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, so they get healed on the way. Verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. So this guy's happy, okay? This guy's really happy, and he turns back. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And I'm sure we've all studied enough of the scripture to know that Samaritans are not Jews. They're outcasts. They're considered enemies and traitors to God and all that kind of stuff. Um, Jew, good, faithful Jews weren't even supposed to touch a Samaritan. And so this guy comes back, falls at Jesus' feet, gives him thanks. So the point of putting, putting in here that he was a Samaritan is Luke's like, of all of these people, he was the least likely to come back and thank Jesus, the Jewish rabbi, for healing him. And yet he's the only one who did. Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed? Rhetorical question, maybe a little sarcastic. We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God and give thanks except this foreigner? And the, the word Jesus uses there for foreigner is very derogatory. Um, not because he didn't like the man or because he's racist, but because 
that's the way the society saw him. And it, it was an important point that this guy, least likely to come back, is the only one who came back. And he, said, and he said, Jesus said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So again, it was his faith that made him well. And quick insertion, you can go way too far on that one. Oh, your faith has made you well. Faith is required for healing. It's a part of the healing process. But just because you're not healed doesn't mean you didn't do enough work and work up enough faith or something like that, okay? And so we've got to be careful with that one. Faith is important for sure. But people have gone, I've seen people go over the deep end on this one. And you pray for someone and they're not healed and it's like, you don't have enough faith. You know, don't do that, please. <laughs> Yeah, they had enough faith to go their way, but they didn't come back. Yes, and I think that might be it because the, the Greek word there is has made, has saved you, is what he literally says. Your faith has saved you. It could have been, it, it could have been that that guy was about to die, and so he's not just healed, his life is saved, but I also think he was probably restored all the way. Um, who's to say that he was then better off than the ones who came back and didn't thank God? I don't know. That might be reading too much into it. But Jesus certainly makes a point to say, this guy came back and thanked me, and that was good. Where are these other nine bums that I healed? Obviously, he doesn't say that. Um, but, you know, we're talking about thankfulness today, obviously. He's the one who came back. And I, I read this passage. I mean, I read this passage like a million times growing up and everything. And there was one point a number of years ago where I read through this, and I felt like God was like, which one are you going to be in life? Are you going to be the one that came back, or are you going to be the ones that, you know, maybe behind your breast say thank you, Jesus, or whatever, but you go to the priest. And you can understand why they didn't come back and thank Jesus in a sense, because I haven't seen my kids in seven years. What's the first thing I'm going to do? Not run back and thank that guy, run onto my house. I have compassion on that. I understand the motivation to do that. But they did, this one guy did the right thing. The one who came back and thanked Jesus did the right thing. Yeah. Yes, to praise God for this. Yep. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And so I made a commitment years ago that I was always going to be the one who came back as much as I could in my frailty and my weakness to come back and thank Jesus. I wanted to be the, the good leper, <laughs> the Samaritan leper who came back and said thank you all the time. And so I've tried to do that in my life. As I shared at the beginning, God's challenging me now to go farther and to thank God more often than I ask for things. Um, but I hope we can all do that. I hope we can all, at the very least, be the good leper who came back to thank Jesus. Yep. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it can be harder sometimes for the religious, as you put it, or for those who are following God, because we expect God to come through for us. And so when he does, he's like, yeah, we're like, yay, he came through just like we expected. And that's good. Expectation is good, but we need to still be thankful. You know? Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to look at the human world or look at the physical world and see so many things and think that it's problem or it's a mess. Um, but I had a tweet in there um, from October 3rd or 2nd saying, you know, God told me, and you all know I used to be a religious person. <laughs> and, you know, just this idea that, you know, we keep to this point of we've been redeemed, we've been saved, we're walking in Yes. So in that same attitude of thankfulness, I think we can genuinely live under the but for grace element in our yeah. lives. It's only by the cross, and we can look at the world through the eyes of the cross that saved us. Don't we have this better ability to see the brokenness of society that we're able to see? Mm-hmm. We don't deserve it either. And that he, I, I just keep saying, why is it that Jesus walked away with everyone he met Here's this holy man with leprosy and having water and bread. And people, it says right there that he had his brother Jesus with leprosy. What was it that we, if we're the body, why aren't we doing the same thing for the people around us? And I bet it's even some of it's because we think we've got it all figured out for them. And we would rather judge them. He didn't save us so that we could judge others. <laughs> and then when they go to him, he forgives them. And it's, I don't know, I just don't know how to do this mercy thing between fully forgiven and imperfect. So while you're fully forgiven, so why, and you know, a lot of it is through our perfect memory, but how do you do that? How do you fully love a man? And why do people around you let not see that perfect when you're walking in your strength? It's really hard is the answer, as you know. But, uh, but you, you on, honestly, you answered it right at the beginning when you said you have to humble yourself and realize, like they, like the one leper did, when he came back and he fell on his face, it says before Jesus, he realized that he had been saved. He had been cleansed. He had been, he was the one who needed something and he got it. And when we can stay humble ourselves, I think it's easier to then not have that judgment on somebody else. And by judgment, I'm talking about negative kind of judgment, not like, I deem that what you were doing is wrong because it's against the law. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that kind of judgment. But the kind of, you're not living the right way, and so that's naughty, and you shouldn't, you know, like, there's a, there's a difference. Um, and the more humble we can stay, honestly, humility is the answer for just about everything. Like, t- truth, like, that is yeah. just about it. But the more humble we can be, the more we realize, if not for the grace of God, I'd be just as bad or worse. Paul gets Paul gets more humble, and and that's that's a general axiom in the faith. The closer you get to God, the more humble you have to be. Um, and so at the beginning, Paul's like, I am no means the least of the apostles, so you should obey me. I have authority. At the end, he's saying, I'm the worst of the worst. I'm basically nothing. You know, follow me in in so much as you see God glorified, and that's. And he really meant it. Yeah. The closer you get to God, the more you realize how much you've forgiven. <laughs> I've heard the name, but.
Yeah. We can't, we can't undersell the importance of thankfulness in our life. And so wherever you're at this morning in terms of thankfulness, I encourage you to go deeper in it. And if that's tough for you, then ask for more humility <laughs> in order to do that. Ask for this Holy Spirit to remind you. Like I, I often ask God to remind me of all the things that I'm not being thankful for that I should. You know, simple things like on the way. We play the thankful game in the car on the way to church um, with the kids. And that's mostly for our benefit um, so that they're not arguing and we don't walk in here um, annoyed. Um, and so I'm just being honest. <laughs> and so we play that game. And Angie's like, you know, thank you for cars. Like, if we had to walk to church, we're horse and buggy to church, that would take hours. So thank you, God, that cars exist. I mean, simple things like that. And there's so many of them. Medicine. Sarah's grandpa, when he was first a pastor in rural Wisconsin, um, this would be 80 years ago, um, every single spring, he knew that one family in that tiny rural church would lose a child to polio. Every spring, they'd lose a kid to polio. Because that was just the way the world was. It was normal. Kids got polio. They died every year. This was a small country church. And when's the last time you knew somebody who had a family member die of polio? Right? I mean, we have so much to be thankful for that most of the time we don't even think about. And um, I wanted to leave you with this, uh, just this idea that, um, well, never mind. I'll leave that alone. You guys, you guys did a better job talking about that than I will. Yeah. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I think that when we get to heaven, we're all going to find out dozens of times that God saved our lives, saved our kids, protected us from one thing or another that we had no idea about. And I mean, even, and it's all about attitude, like you said, even this, you know, two weeks ago, I fell trying to pull the dock in, slipped under it, smacked right on my back, heard a big pop. That's not good. And so go to the doctor, and he's checking everything, and he's like, you bruised your spine, but I'm not feeling any cracks. I'm not feeling any spurs. 
He didn't crack a rib or anything like that. It could have been so much worse. And so I have a choice now. I can complain every day that my back still hurts. And I can be annoyed that I couldn't play the guitar this morning and had to call them like last night and be like, I still can't play. I'm sorry. So thank you, Blake and Steph, for last minute doing a great job leading worship. When I had to throw that at them last minute and be like, I can't do it. Um, so I could be super annoyed. Or God, why didn't you keep me from falling? Couldn't you have kept me from falling and hurting my back? But I, or I could choose to be thankful that I only got hurt as much as I did and that it wasn't so much worse and that I'm getting better. And that's, that's a choice that I have to make multiple times a day every time I move and it hurts. <laughs> right. Plus, and then Blake helped get the dock in that I couldn't do because I fell. So thanks to Blake and everyone else. I'm going to pray since, since we're at our time. But um, I encourage us all to, to let the Lord just bring us into a greater, a greater area of thankfulness. So Father, I pray, I pray for that for all of us, that you would help us with that. We admit that we are not as good at it as we should be. We admit that we forget. Help us to be that leopard that didn't forget to come back. And, and for the big stuff, that we really will fall on our face and praise God. And thank you for who you are and for what you've done for us. And I pray that you would help us do that even in the little things, that we would be thankful people. And I pray for this week that's coming up that can, for some, be stressful, difficult. Maybe we have family members that um, things are a little bit tense around. Um, and so for that, I pray for an extra amount of your grace and thankfulness. I pray that we would not allow ourselves to get bent out of shape, that we wouldn't allow ourselves to get stressed, that we wouldn't allow ourselves to get upset at different things that happen or don't happen, but that we would have that attitude of gratitude and that you would help us to give your grace away freely to everybody that we encounter. And we pray for a wonderful holiday weekend for everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, gang. Offering box is still there. There's still a bunch of donuts, it looks like, too.